possessing the promise. And this morning we talked a little bit about what I mentioned going to Arizona. On our trip to Arizona, we had we had two forty-five, uh, and we. Pastor Chris was in the back of the van and he said, Are we there? And somebody would ask that question periodically for the next four days or two days going out and two days coming back. Are we there? It wasn't time to get up yet. But we had barely got out. I got news for you. We're living in a trip. And sometimes we feel like it's We've got to do more. I believe that there are people that we have to overcome from those areas that. We'll talk about 
We're going to I've got it, but I just can't remember it. Haven't remembered it all day. But we're going to talk about having some victory over some stuff. Because I'm going to tell you, you God did not call. But what we've got to get victory over is money. So tonight I want to share for I want to talk about Joshua. We give you honor. We give you thanks. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would allow me the anointing, the special anointing, to share. name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Joshua chapter 6. When we go to Joshua chapter 6, many of us get excited. I love Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho is tightly shut up. They had laid siege on Jericho. Nothing could come in, nothing could go out. But God had a plan. God said, I'm going to show you something that you can't understand in yourself. In this first city that we're going most of us out of the fight right there. Uh-huh. We don't say a word. 
keep our mouth shut. We don't say we want more. We want it deeper. We just walk quietly. We don't go around going... We don't even tell our kids to behave. Lord, help where we would be from there. We, we don't go, oh my. We don't threaten to hit the pastor with a cane. We don't even sing baby shark doot, 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 doot. We walk quietly. And on the seventh day, they walk quietly around six times. But <laughs> on the seventh time, when the trumpets blew the trumpets, when the priests blew the trumpets, and they began to shout, all the people of Israel gave out a shout, not a shout of, oh, hey, oh. No, he said, shout, for the Lord has given you the I don't remember if it, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Came into church and I was like, somebody looked at me and said, You feel good? I said, Nope. I feel lousy. But when I come in here, I decided I When they shouted, the walls fell. And when the walls We walk in, and the city is at our feet. But Joshua gives the verses that I read today. Listen! Make, this is what God told Joshua. Make sure, Joshua, you don't touch any of the accursed things. And don't let him.
We better do Joshua, I got an idea. The manna stopped a couple of days ago. A couple of weeks ago, the manna quit coming. And God... My clothes are going to wear out. They got some nice clothes. They dead anyway. Why don't we get them? Yeah. Lord, I, no, I ain't going there. I'll tell you, I've had dead people's clothes before. It's okay. They couldn't wear them. They couldn't wear them. So I wore them. But God said, this one's mine. You know what God was doing? God was showing them that before you get into anything else, you've got to understand what belongs to me. It's, yeah. Chris has pointed out, it's the first fruit. It's the tithe. Does that mean that nothing else they ever got that gave to God? No. I'm not going to preach on tithe tonight, but let me tell you about tithe just for a second. I'm not preaching on it, so you can't get mad at me. But let me tell you something. The reason some of you can't afford to pay your tithe is because you don't pay it first. When you pay everything else first, and then you give what God has left over, then you're giving God the leftovers in your life. But when God says, I want the first fruits, and you take the first thing, and you say, oh, this one's more important. This one's more. I'm going to tell you, even me, if I'm so... Oh, but I got paid last Thursday night, 7 o'clock. 20th fell on a Saturday. That's payday. That means they pay me on Friday, and my bank actually gets the money the night before I'm, my, I get paid. Thursday night, 7 o'clock, my phone dinged, and I had my paycheck. You know what I did? I immediately, within 30 minutes of hearing that phone ding, I pulled up my phone, and I pulled up the Givaly app, and I paid my tithe. You know why? Because I knew that I'd be out of money. If I didn't get they go on in, they have their celebrations. They burn the city. Joshua speaks out a curse that whoever rebuilds the city will be cursed. They they go about their business, and now it's time to move on. Oh, mm. let me stop there just for a second. The reason some of you don't tithe because you won't move past the tithe. The reason some of you can't be blessed is you get to the place you give the first fruits and you stop and stay there. God says give the first fruits and then move on with your life. You got more things to come. You got more con- more battles to conquer. You got more enemies to fight. They leave and guess what? We bad mammer jammers. 
Man, we just took Jericho down. Jericho had one. They, they were, there was some, there was. We got it. We good. You know that's what happens to us. We get a little victory under our belt. We start getting arrogant. We start getting. Oh, I got him. They looked around and there was a little city called Ai. Ai was a small place. They sent the spies in. The spies went and looked at Ai. And when they went into Ai, they come back to, to Joshua and said, Ah, oh, don't even lose any sleep. Don't even worry about this little old bitty town. We don't even need to take everybody with us. Let everybody, let most of the people say, well, Knock this thing out. It'll be okay. And they go down to little old bitty Ai. Little old bitty, little old bitty, uh, uh, challenge, challengeless city. There ain't gonna be no, there ain't gonna be no. There, there you go, Diane. Diane's cringing over there. There, there it, it, it's gonna be nothing for us to deal with this. But when they get down there, AI rises up and defeats them soundly. Kills many of them, chases them back. They come back beaten, bruised, and dead. You know what happens when you start getting that way? You're either arrogant or you're depressed. You ever known anybody that was like that in the church? They get arrogant spiritually? God! They come back, and God, Joshua cries out to the Lord, and God says there's sin in the camp. And they began to cast lots, and family, tribe into families, family by family, down to a man named Achan. When he gets to the man named Achan, Joshua comes to him and says, confess what you've done. The Lord has shown us you've done something. Confess what you've done. Joshua chapter 7, beginning in verse 20, it says this. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I've done. When I saw among the spirits, And a wedge of gold weighing fifty shekels. I coveted them and took them, and they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. Achan says, All right, I'm guilty. I'll probably come back to this, but in case I don't get back to it, let me hit it here just a little bit. Achan come out and admitted he was guilty when he was called to task. 
And he probably thought like a lot of you think. Well, if I get called out on it, I'll just admit it, and God will forgive me, and it'll be all be over with. Achan admitted it, and God killed him. Achan admitted it, and his punishment was him and his family and everything they owned and all their pets and all their animals, everything they had was killed. Sometimes we got to understand that when we walk away from God, we can't always... When you try to play God, I can do whatever I want to do. He has to forgive me. There comes a place where God will show us his justice. Achan says, I admit it. I did it. This is what I've done. I've taken three things. I've taken a garment. I've taken a coat. I've taken a robe. I've taken silver. And I've taken gold. As I was reading this this week and I was praying about this sermon, those three things just wouldn't leave my mind. What was so important about taking a robe, taking some silver, taking some gold? Begin to do a little research, I found out that the silver he took was worth about $1,000, a little over $1,000 in today's silver price. The gold that he took in today's silver price was worth about $24,000. So not counting whatever the... I said, okay, God, does that show me anything? No. And I began to think about it, think about it, think about it, pray about it, pray about it. Yesterday morning, I was getting dressed, and God just began to flood my mind with the importance of the three things that he took. The first thing that he took was a robe. That robe that he took represents things. You know what enslaves us to money for some of us? Things. Oh, we can handle money unless we see a new pair of shoes. We can handle money unless we see a new car. We can handle money unless there's some more jewelry over there. Or another gun. Ooh, somebody just got hit. <laughs> or uh, unless there's a, a another weight machine. Or there's another there's another or- that's mine. Weights are sure not mine. Orange cupcakes are mine. Yeah, I got weight. When we see things, we are bound and many Credit, which enslaves us to debt. Preaching to the choir, folks. Oh, 
if I could quit, then I could get out of debt. Oh, but I've been there too many times to count where I'm on the track to freedom. And all of a sudden, I need a new computer. Everybody else has got a better computer than I have. My computer's old. I'm a computer person. I'm going to use it for the church. I'm going to do ministry with it. And so pretty soon, oh, or how about the time in my life when I wanted to buy the new motorcycle? And Beth said, we can't afford a new motorcycle. And I said, I've sacrificed I deserve a new car. I deserve this thing or that thing. It is a trap of the Pastor, I'm not entrapped to the things I have. Okay. Go sell the things you have and give to the church. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't get rid of those things. Those things are too important. God, you can have everything. But we become entangled in our stuff. When he looked at this robe, oh, I understand he had not had a new robe in 40 years. The truth of the matter is, he, he probably wasn't even 40 years old. He probably was born. Meaning that he never got a new robe. You know how crazy that robe was? He stole the robe, a Babylonian robe, that he knew he could never wear. He stole a robe that he knew the only place. He couldn't even hang it on the wall. Nobody would ever know he had it because then they would know he had stole it. You know how many times that we grab things into our life and we get attached to them, we get bound to them, we get enslaved to them? And we never let the church people see him. The closer we get to God, the more we hide him. Oh, I can't let you see that. I, oh, no, oh, I don't know. I don't. Let me tell you something, church. When we start talking about things, we start to talk about things, most of the things that we have, we. We get some things because somebody else has them, right? But yet we don't want to be at the same place with them and have the same thing they have. You ever notice that? Me and my friend, Bob, we bought our first bikes together. I was talking about getting a bike. He used to have bikes. Before I knew it, me and him were going and buying brand new bikes. Not only did we buy brand new bikes, we bought Twinkies. 
we bought the same exact bike. Mine was gray with black stripes, and his was black with gray stripes. We rode together all the time, and everybody would go, there they come, two little Twinkies riding down the road in matching bikes. Pretty soon he was putting stuff on his bike. instead of the same I got news for you when you start falling into the traps of things pretty soon you're going to find out most things you have there's somebody you don't want them to know you have it there's somebody that you want to flaunt it to But then you're always trying to, when you come around church, oh, well, it's not that important. Boy, that new suit looks nice. Oh, this old thing. It's nothing. It's nothing. I just grabbed this this morning. You don't hang it up so it looks a little wrinkled. That way people don't realize how nice it is. That's why my stuff always looks wrinkled. That that or the that or the fact I don't want to take time to iron. I don't know. The first thing that Aiken stole was a robe. It was a thing. Can I tell you? Before we're gonna have victory, victory. Before we're gonna have victory to possess the promise, we're gonna have to have victory over things. Because when you start walking in the promise, you start walking in the power of God, you're going to understand that the things of this world will pass away and they become unimportant. And pretty soon you start going, oh, wow, what I have is not important. I was with somebody just last week and another person walked up to them and they said, oh. And this person took the necklace right off their neck, put it on the other person's neck. You know why? Because it was just a thing. It was just a thing. She wasn't going to wear that necklace in heaven. Somebody else wants it. Okay, you can have it. A few years ago, I got a phone call one day from a, a text message from another pastor in town. He said, would you like to have a I said, I Guess what I did? I went and got it. It was mine. And I rode that bike for a couple of years. Me and Beth talked about it. I can't sell that bike. I said, but I know a pastor in this town that used to ride a motorcycle. And I sent him the same text message. Hey, are you interested in a motorcycle? He said, how much? I said, come get it. It's yours. It was a thing. It was a thing. Let me tell you something, church. If we're going to possess the promise, we got to defeat the things. A thing is never going to give you. If I could ever just get... Can I show you how this works in the church? 
years ago is if we could ever just build that new building, all of our problems would be over. And we built the new building. Guess what? Now we know now. Lord, if we'd ever just put some storage rooms in this building, that would have been nice. And if we'd have put more than four. And somewhere down the road, we got this brilliant idea to put this wonderful building. And now over and over and over again, I hear, Pastor, are we ever going to get rid of that? I tell people all the time, there's two things I could probably raise money for faster than anything in the world. A new floor in the hallway and something to quiet down the drums. I could probably raise money for both of those right off the bat. I'd have people giving ain't ever given before. But now we sit in here and we say, oh, we could change our city if we just had that new building that would have a youth facility and a children's facility and a better fellowship hall and some classrooms and a better bathroom. If we could build that building, if we could replace the car, it's starting to get real. Let me tell you something. They're things. Dear Lord, I wish we would understand that the carpet is just a weapon. It's just a tool that God has given us to use. And I don't care if it's got stains on it. I don't care. I don't care if it's got marks on it. It's not about how it looks. It's about does it serve the purpose. I'd be okay if we had a concrete floor in here. Well, that'd be a little hard to fall down on. But anyway, I, this is just carpet on top of concrete, so it's not that much better. I want grandma. There's a group of us pastors in town a few years ago. Most of them are not here anymore. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but we made a decision together. One of the pastors made a statement. We all said, I agree, and I was one of them. Most of you know this is true. You know when I closed church in the wintertime? When they closed Walmart. Because I've closed church before and went to Walmart. But I got news for you. Grandma had church the way grandma. We can't mess up our stuff. It's just stuff. Well, don't push me. 
Next time we do anointing service, I'll do it in here. What would that look like? Have oil all over the front of this church. But I got news for you. What would it look like if we started coming in to worship God and every time we walked in, we walked into an altar area that had been soaked in the anointing of God? What would I've been in church after church after church, and this is not one of them. But I've been in church after church after church where their building was more important than their God. Oh, no, don't do that. Holding on to relics of yesterday become more important. I once moved an organ that nobody had played in 12 years from the front of the church to the back of the church to give me more. I got a call from a pastor friend of mine the other day, younger pastor. He called me. He's not on my district, so don't call me again. And he's been there. And he said, we put it in the store. But when they saw I told him, I said, I took the pulpit. I, for a while, I didn't even have it. If you want to know, our pulpit is still. If you really want it, come on up. We have a blonde communion table over there, too. I haven't got rid of them. But when I got here, we had a blind communion table and a dark wood pulpit and light wood handrails and none of it. And I said, I'm not going to use that. It's a thing. It is a thing. But until we defeat the things in our life, we can never walk in the promise that God has for our life. But Achan took more than a robe. He took a robe. But then he also took silver. The silver is entertainment. The value of the silver that he took in today's value is about a thousand dollars. 
Now, I'm going to tell you, if I come up and handed you $1,000 right now, you go, yes! Yes, that is awesome! But it wouldn't change your life forever. And what you're going to wind up doing with that $1,000 is you're going to go buy something you've been wanting to have. I'm just going to be honest with you, I got less than $1,000 last week for pastor appreciation. Got about $600 last week. Thank you so much. And last Sunday night, I went on the swap shop. And I don't know who's been at my house lately, but I have, I had, I had the worst couch and love seat in Chillicothe. <laughs> Barry's over. Had two recliners at the end of the each end of the couch and two recliners on the love seat, but only one recliner on the love seat worked, and only one recliner on the couch worked. I don't know what it says, but the seat that I sat in on the couch got where the recliner didn't work and the seat fell through. I don't know what that means. You sat down and I was like, whoop. It was that microfiber stuff, and it had stains and spots on it. Michael did it. And we've been talking, we need couches. We need furniture. Last weekend, Brian and Rennie came over, and Kelsey and Caitlin was with them, and their two kids. And I'm like, I don't have enough seats that work to put everybody in a seat. Somebody go ahead and stand up. So Sunday night after church, I got on the swap shop. And I had been given this offering. I could have done some other stuff with it. Probably should have. But I said, no, we need a couch. And I went and found me a pretty nice leather-ish. I don't know if it's real leather. It's leather something. Leather-ish couch and love seat with two power recliners on the couch. That means when I'm too lazy to pop my own feet up, I just push a button and it pops them up for me. <laughs> a love seat that has two recliners on it. Got a fold down in the middle of the couch where I can put my soda in there. Got a, a built-in armrest on the love seat where I can put my soda in a hideaway that I can hide all my junk, but I still got junk on top of it too. And, and Monday, I called Rick, Mary, and Corey. Said, go with me down here almost to Kansas City. And we loaded up these really, really heavy couches. And then we came home and called Chris to come help us. And we took, we took the two old couches out of the living room. And then we got my two new couches that were 36 inches wide. And we put them through a 31-inch door. <laughs> and we got them there. <laughs> Here's why I tell that story. When I got a little extra money... It wasn't going to change my life, but it got me something I wanted. Before I bought the couch, after I bought the couch, what was left of the money, which was, I mean, the couch was, was less than half of what I got. 
By the time I bought the couch, everything else disappeared to bills somehow. <laughs> like it was gone. I put it in the account. You ever had money you put in your account and it just disappears? It's like there are people waiting, looking at my account. Oh, he's got money in it now. Before I even bought the couch, you know what I did? I ain't waiting that long. We're going to buy a couch. That little bit of money caused me to go do something I wanted to do. Entertainment. Let me go do something I wanted. Last Sunday night, I didn't even think twice about See, that thousand dollars. That thousand dollars. That's what binds us to money for some of us. Mm -hmm. We can't say no to a night out on the town. We can't say no to a vacation. We can't say no to a day at the spa. Oh, I know most of you going, well, you don't ever go to the spa. I'll get to you in a minute, okay? Man, I want nothing more than have a little extra money so I can go get my hair cut instead of shaving it myself. But you know what? Shave my hair myself, which I'm due. I almost had to comb it this morning. We start saying, listen, I want to have a good time. God wants me to be happy. God wants me to be rested. And so every time we get a little bit of money before we give to the church, what binds us is we want to go out to eat. Some of you, if you ever would actually sit down and look at a budget, a budget is not always how you want the money spent. That's where it's got to end up. But it has to start at where your money went. And if some of you would sit down and really look at where your money went, you would be sick to find out how much of it in this town goes to McDonald's. Or Sonic. Lord help, how much of your money goes to Sonic? Applebee's. Lord, I don't even want to know how much of the money in the last six years since I've been here that I have that has went to El Toro. I don't even want to know how much I've given to El Toro. Walmart. I was once told... Evidently, my heart is at Walmart and Capital One. I think that's where my heart is. That's where all my checks go. Walmart and Capital One. Walmart and Capital One. Pretty soon, we get bound because we don't know how to say no to a night at dinner, to a movie. Every one of us is different. Not all of us suffer this. Some of you suffer from other things, and I'll get to you in a minute. Don't worry. If I haven't offended you yet, hang on. I'm not done. Some of us it's things, some of us it's entertainment. 
Go here real quick. I know it won't hit most of us, but it might hit some of the younger folks. My son started playing a game on his phone. I got my phone bill, and it was twice what it was supposed to be. When I looked at my phone bill, I found out my son had been buying things off that game app so he could get better characters. And I was like, whoa, 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 you spent That's when he was working. He goes, Dad, it was only 99 cents. I said, at a time. When he got to think about it, he realized it was 99 cents here, 99 cents there, 99 cents there, 99 cents there, 99. And before he knew it, he had spent a way lot more money than 99 cents. Let me tell you something. We get caught up. That's how those things work. They get you caught up. They think, oh, it's just a couple of dollars. It's not a big deal. It, go back to the same thing. I deserve to go out to eat once in a while. That's great. Look at your budget and see how many times you've, how much money you've wasted. Oh, and we're not even going to go to the fact, I can't afford Come on. I know I'm exaggerating the numbers, but some of you would be surprised if you really looked to see what you spent. You would be surprised at what our entertainment cost us. One of the things that binds us from getting the promise is that we want something to entertain ourselves. It makes us feel good. It makes us happy. God wants me to be happy. No, he don't. He wants you to be Some of us have become so bound by entertainment. Think about how much you pay every month for internet and cable. Think how much you pay every month for a cell phone. Yeah, but you have to have it. And every time we buy a cell phone, we get the the latest, greatest, new model. It's better than the last model. And whether whether our phone needs to be changed or not, it's not as good as the new one. We got to get the new one. And all of a sudden, we buy it because it's $30 a month. That's not bad. Until somebody, until you actually pay attention to what they say, and they tell you, you just paid $1,100 for a phone. Tell you something. I'm guilty. I didn't pay $1,100. I got a phone right here. Best phone went went swimming. Best phone went swimming. And I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go get me a new phone. You're going to get my old phone. And I went and bought this phone right here. It's a Note 9. 
latest, greatest phone. I got a good deal on it. I only paid $900 for it. But it's only $30, it's only $30 a month. It's only $30 a month. I take it to Arizona. I protect it because I couldn't afford to buy a case for it because I bought a phone. I get back from Arizona and I miss a dog bone that was thrown at me. And now I got a $900 phone that's busted. Let me tell you something. This phone... It's his silver. Just about what his silver was worth. It's just $30 a month. I use my phone for the church. Man, I really do. But, 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 but. Let me tell you something when we can break free of the stuff that is for us. We break free of the stuff that makes us feel good. Look at my new phone. Look at my new computer. Yeah, you know I'm coming to you. Sometimes it's our good heart that gets in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Because you get a little bit of money. And I know he's guilty of this. And I'm guilty too. Get a little extra money, and the first thing you do is not only do you go eat, you find somebody to take to eat. Oh, I'll buy it. I'll buy it for you. Truth is, if tr- I'm not saying this about you, but I'm saying this about me. I'll let you figure it out for yourself. Truth is, half the time when we buy other people dinner, sometimes it's because we want to bless them. Sometimes it's because we want them to think we're important. Sometimes we we buy them things because we want them to like us. It's money that is binding us back. We can't get to the promise if we're bound by entertainment, if we're bound by what makes us feel good. It's not all that Achan stole. He stole a robe. He stole things. He stole silver. His problem was entertainment. The last one is he stole the gold. The gold was security. I'm going to tell you something. You give me $1,000, I'm going to shout. You give me $24,000, $25,000, I'm going to do more than shout. $24,000 is going to... $24,000 from me is going to take me out of debt except for my car and my student loans. Lord help. It'll take a lot more than $25,000 and get me out of student loan debt. But $25,000 is going to change my life. It's going to change my circumstance. Some of you, I've talked so far, and you go, I don't need things. I don't have things. I don't go out to eat. I don't go to McDonald's. No, because you're... mm, Because you're too tight to enjoy anything because you're waiting for a rainy day that ain't ever going to come. 
let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Some of us, what binds us is that we have our dependency on our money. That savings account ain't going to save you when it gets when it comes time to judgment seat. That retirement account doesn't work in heaven. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying don't have a retirement account, dear Lord. You guys are younger. Do retirement. Don't be crazy. Man, when they, they used to tell me, get your retirement going. Yeah, I'll get there. All of a sudden, I blinked and I'm 50. Almost. Not yet. Almost. And I realized I don't have a retirement. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I've come to the realization in the last year that I get to retire somewhere between 87 and 94. Because there's a fair chance I will have the student loans paid off by then. Maybe. And all of a sudden... I won't have to work anymore because I can live on Alpo. <laughs> Tell you something. You got to plan for the future. That's not what I'm talking about. But I tell you what, I know a lot of people. They can't give. They're bound by their lack of security. They're bound because they're convinced that every dime they get's got to go for that rainy day that's coming. I'm going to be honest. A lot of them, a lot of them live their life like they're poor. Live their life like they have nothing. I knew a lady in Oklahoma lived behind our church when I was a kid. Her house was falling in on itself. When she died, they came in and the bankers began to process things out and found out that she had multiple millions of dollars that she had put back. Some of it was hidden in her house, some of it was in banks. She acted like she had nothing because she was always afraid that she might need it. It wasn't her security of having the money in the bank was more important than having a roof over her head. Having the money in the bank was more important than having the right food in the house. She had to have that security. Sometimes... We get caught up and bound up by money because we think we've got to have something for a rainy day. Now, yes, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I will hopefully retire before I'm 93. 83. But, but here's, here's the truth of the matter. Here's the truth of the matter. All my life. I've trusted God for my provision, and I've never been let down. 
I've never been let down. God is always taking care of every need I have. And he's given me many of the wants in my life. And he's always provided. And he's always taking care of me. When I look at my dad and when my dad retired, he said, I just want to stay busy. Lord help, he has stayed busy. I think he preaches more now than he did when he pastored a church. He made this statement. He told me when he retired, I've told God. He lives in Saxon. He intra-pastored in Warrington for four months. He filled in in Sedalia for a few months. He preached over in Savannah a couple weeks between pastors. He'll go all over the state preaching to fill in between pastors. Why? Because God opens the door so he goes. He don't care how far he has to drive to get there. It's not about the money for him. It's about doing what God wants him to do. But he says every time he turns around, God is provided. Boom, 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 boom. When we get freedom and we understand that our security is not in a bank book, our security is not in Aiken coveted after a robe that he couldn't wear. He coveted after silver that would only last a little while. And he coveted after security that was still weak. And because he was bound to money, mm -hmm, couldn't even spend it because of the emblem. That's a good point. The money was just like the, the robe. He couldn't use it. Listen to this. Listen to this. Because he was bound to the money, he was bound to the covetedness, he was bound to the envy. Not only was he doomed, not only did he die and his family died, Well, look at this. I won't give you the right number. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men and chased them from before the gate as far as Shebron and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Because he was bound to money... Not only did he lose his life, his family's life, but 36 other men died. Innocent, God-fearing people died. Because that he was bound to money, he had to have things, he had to have entertainment, he had to have security. Whether or not he could use them, he had to have them. The nation become shattered and their hearts came like water they were defeated 
Let's bring this into the church. The whole process, the whole purpose of this sermon series is that I want you in your life to possess the promise. But I want to see this church possess its promise. Can I tell you that if you're bound to money and it's keeping you from tithing and it's keeping you from giving, it's hurting the entire body. It is. When we don't tithe, when we let our own desires for security, entertainment, for things, keep us from trusting God, keep us from trusting God, the offerings go down. Ministry slows down. Because I got news for you. I don't know if you realize this. I know we're a church, but CMU still sends us three bills a month. One for here, one for there, and one for my house. We have two debtors that expect us to pay them every month. Praise God. We're, we have way less debt than most churches do. Praise God. Empire guy, Empire guys, that Southern streak just hit me there. Spirit of the South just came out. Empire gas sends us bills every month. You like it to be warm in here? It costs money. Oh, there's a part of me. There's a part of me. Says, all right, as long as we ain't giving, we ain't heating. Every August, I told you this morning, every August, I'm convinced we're going under. August tends to be our worst month of the year. Every August, I'm just convinced we're going to die. One of these Augusts, you're going to come in, it's going to be blazing hot in here. I'm like, look, we can't afford air conditioning. Next time that unit back there goes out, I'm done with it. Mike's going, I don't know. I don't know how many times we fixed that heater and heating and air unit back there. A thousand times in the last three years. Costs money. And I say this as lovingly and gently as I know how. If you ain't giving, it's your fault. Aiken said, I needed this stuff. Everyone that doesn't give has a reason. They have an they have an excuse. But the truth is we're bound to our money. And God is saying, Listen, take care of my house, and I'll take care of your house. Take care of my house, and I'll take care of your house. And when we defeat money. When we begin to possess the victory over money, we take one more step to possessing the promise. You're not going to hold your money and possess the promise. One of the things I love about this church, this church as a body has been generous 
this year has been one of the roughest years we've ever had financially. Yet, when this year ends, we're going to probably, I'm very confident we're going to prove to have one of the greatest missions giving year we've ever had. You know why? Because we said, look, we don't care if we're hurting. We've made some commitments and we're going to live by them. And we have given our missions every month because you've given missions every month. God has blessed us. And as bad as I say this year has been, when I didn't think it could get any worse, all of a sudden, boom! And God sent provision. And it got easier. And it got, God made a way where there seemed to be no way. But I'm going to tell you something. For this church to truly possess the promise that God has for it, we have to come together as a nation. Because we are a nation. And we've got to say, we're going to be holy in our finances. When we win the victory over money, it's the first step to taking possession of the promise. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your power, for your anointing, for your peace. Lord, I pray that you would help us to possess the victory over our money so that we can possess the promise that you have given us in our lives, in our families, and in our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, tell somebody you love them, everybody, God loves them, you're